And welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Everybody and welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad to be with you here on this Friday talking about everything happening in the world of the New York Islanders. We have got a lot to talk about today. We'll talk a little bit more about the NHL and what this upcoming season may look like. We've got our Islanders birthday of the day, a former fan favorite who uh, went through a lot in his life and we'll talk a little bit about that and yet he still managed to come back and and play hockey for the Isles and and win the Masterton Trophy. We'll also talk about the Islanders' farm system and their prospects and why I'm a little bit concerned about this team going forward in that particular area. So lots to discuss here uh, on the Locked On Islanders podcast as we head into, believe it or not, the middle of November. Hard to believe how quickly Uh, things are moving on the calendar. If you've got something Islanders related that you'd like to discuss, please feel free to drop us uh, an email, the email address, lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the very latest Islanders news and notes. So before we get to anything else, we did do our little uh, informal poll on the last show, Wednesday. And we asked, uh, should the Islanders reverse retro jerseys include the Fisherman's logo? And it was fairly close but uh, 56% of you said yes, please, to the Fisherman logo. 44% said no thank you or no way was the way we phrased it. So uh, the majority basically saying yes, that the Fisherman logo, which I still think looks more like Stan Fischler than the Gortons Fisherman, but either way, uh, should be a part of that jersey. And we got an interesting comment, uh, which uh, I wanted to pass along with regard to it, uh, basically came on, uh, on Twitter and, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting and it comes from a uh, Duke D one seven one. And here's what he said. If you had to endure the birth of that shifty logo and vomit inducing sweater, like a lot of us, it's a no way. If you think it's so great, do some research how that logo, the ownership, and teams were a laughing stock. Shake my head. And look, I do remember those days, and I remember them well. And no, it did not go over well 
uh, at the time. And it's funny because here we are, you know, 23 years later. And for some of the younger people who did not go through the Fisherman jersey uh, era when the team was struggling so badly and, and hearing Ranger fans always chanting, we want fish sticks at uh, games when both teams would get together on the ice. Uh, they get a little nostalgic for it. They think it's kind of nice. And and part of it is because they don't remember those times. And they just look at the logo and say, hey, it's different. It's refreshing. We like it. It looks nice. Uh, whereas people who live through it may be a little bit more saying, oh, gosh, that's a bad memory for me. I don't want to think about it. So uh, first off, uh, you know, thank you very much, Duke D one seven one, for sharing your thoughts uh, about the logo. And I know that that does represent the feelings of a lot of people. But the majority of our listeners, fifty six percent, saying yes, please do include the fisherman logo. And I guess the, the the best part about it is that the fisherman's logo, you know, it's different. And I'm not a big fan of a lot of the third jerseys. You know the the attempts at incorporating black into the third jersey or orange is the primary color, you know, they didn't always go over well with me. Uh, to me, the Islanders' original logo is the best, and they've tweaked, you know, the stripes and the pattern around it, sometimes a little more orange, sometimes a little less, but I always did like the classic Islanders logo with the map of Long Island. It, it, it just... You know, that's the logo they won their Stanley Cups with. It represents where the team is from exceptionally well. And for that reason, I really do tend to like the tradition of it, the classic aspect of it, and the and the geographic aspect of it. But it'll be interesting to see once these are finally released what they look like and whether the Fisherman logo is actually included. Wanted also uh, to talk a little bit about the possible realignment situation that the NHL would go to a four-division format. One of them would have all seven Canadian teams, Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. Uh, and then th the way I've seen a number of uh, these formats put together, uh, the Islanders it would be in a division we'll call it the East for lack of a better word, but they would add Boston and Buffalo, who were in a division with a lot of Canadian teams, uh, and then take away uh, Carolina and Columbus from that division. So that would be one distinct possibility. And look, you know what? If, if I'm an Islanders fan, that doesn't bother me so much to lose uh, those two teams who do often give the Islanders headaches, uh, that wouldn't be such a terrible thing for them. Another situation that I saw had a, you know, a five-division format with one of them being Canadian. And again, you take away Carolina and Columbus in that format, and that would still give the Islanders New Jersey, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Washington as division opponents. And then uh, there was another situation where they actually went to six divisions of four teams each, plus the Canadian division, uh, you know, or Canadian divisions. And that would have just had the Devils, Islanders, Rangers, and Flyers together in one division. 
that would have been intense. But we have to see what the NHL decides to go with. I'm still thinking we're going between 48 and 60 games for this upcoming season, but it's going to be strange. It's going to be compressed. And I'm thinking by December 1st, at the latest, we have a better idea of what we're looking at for the upcoming NHL season. When we come back, still to come, we've got our Islanders' birthday of the day. We'll have a look at the Islanders' farm system and what's ahead there, and a whole lot more. More to get to on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Guys, you've heard me talk about Built Bar. Well, now it's time to talk about Built Go. And Built Go is the healthy replacement for an energy drink, and it makes you the best you at whatever you do. Built Go will help you break through your wall, whether it's a mental wall or a physical wall. It's uh, an energy gel. It comes in easy-to-take, one-and-a-half-ounce packages, and it's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the crash feeling, and it's better for your body. It comes in three delicious flavors, chocolate, coconut, peanut butter, honey, and chocolate mint, and it combines energy gel with collagen protein, and that Collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into your body fast, and it's easy on the stomach. It also has some great stuff to ignite your workout, workout like beta-alanine, vitamin B3, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, honey, and that little kick of caffeine. It has collagen that promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health, which means that this stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. So that divisional alignment thing is still kind of tricky, and we'll see where it goes uh, for the Islanders, but it certainly will affect the way the schedule is. There'll be more games, I would assume, played within divisions than without of them. And, you know, when you're talking about limiting travel and limiting uh the possible exposure and then trying, you know, the NHL is going to try to maximize fans. And it was interesting because I read about the NBA's plan and they're talking about, you know, for some arenas up to 25% capacity with the idea of even getting as many of those luxury boxes uh, occupied with some social distancing and obviously limits to attendance. But for the NBA and, and for the NHL as well, this would be uh, this would be one way to recoup some of that lost uh, money from not having as many fans in the stands because obviously luxury boxes uh, bring in a lot more money than just your average ticket does for the teams. And uh, we'll see whether or not the NHL attempts something similar. I get the feeling they will. Uh, again, if it is feasible. And the key for the NHL is really going to be the, you know, they're going to start probably within a week to 10 days of the NBA, and they want to maximize revenue as much as possible while still hopefully staying safe. And we'll see what the league comes up with. But uh, will be certainly a season different from any other that we have seen before. So our Islanders birthday of the day today is former Islanders goalie Mark Fitzpatrick. He turns 52 here on Friday the 13th. That's November 13th, born 
uh, that date in 1968 back in Toronto, originally drafted by the LA Kings in the second round of the 1987 draft, was acquired by the Islanders in 1988-89 and stayed with the team through the end of the 1992-93 season. And, you know, the thing about uh, Fitzpatrick, which uh, really was uh, scary, quite honestly, uh, he ended up with uh, eosinophilia myalgia syndrome, which is a, a... potentially deadly neurological disease and that really shut him down for almost all of 1990-91 he played two games with the Islanders that season and 12 games in the uh, AHL with the then Capital District Islanders but did manage to come back in 1991-92 to play in 30 games and 39 games the following season won the Masterton Trophy in 91-92 for dedication to hockey uh, when he managed to come back. And that was certainly heartwarming. And, you know, the Islanders ended up trading him to the then Quebec Nordiques. They are now, of course, the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Ron Hextall and a swap of number one picks. Then a couple of days after that, four days to be exact, the uh, Florida Panthers grabbed him in the expansion draft. So always some juggling before the expansion draft. Obviously the Ron Hextall experiment, which only lasted one year on the Island did not work out exactly as we had hoped, but Fitzpatrick really showed a lot of uh, bravery and determination in the way he handled his disease and his subsequent comeback from it. And it was really touch and go for him for quite some time. We're going to go back and look at one of his better games as an Islander, December 5th, 1989, at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders and the Buffalo Sabres, Darren Pupa, the goalie for the Sabres, obviously Mark Fitzpatrick in net for the Isles. Islanders scoring first, Brad Lauer gets them on the board. His third from Pat Flatley and Joe Rieke at 11-23, that made it one to nothing after the first period. In the second period, Randy Wood adds to the Islander lead. His seventh from Gerald Diddick and Pat LaFontaine at 18-12. And after 40 minutes, the Islanders led two to nothing. In the third, the Sabres put on some pressure, but Fitzpatrick was equal to it. And then UB McDonough puts the icing on the cake, an empty net goal at 19-20 of the third, his fifth from Don Maloney and Jeff Norton, and the Islanders skate away with a 3-0 victory over the Buffalo Sabres in this game. No Islander, by the way, with multiple points in this game. Everybody had uh, one. And as for the plus-minus, the bomber, Ken Baumgartner, had a plus-two, as did Brad Lauer. Don Maloney and Randy Wood. Meanwhile, UB McDonough led the way with four shots on goal. But our Islanders' birthday of the day, uh, Mark Fitzpatrick registering the shutout. And this was a situation where he ended up with three shutouts in four games. So he was red hot at that point for the Islanders playing his best hockey of the season. So once again, uh, a very, very... Happy 52nd birthday to former Islanders goalie and and gutsy uh, human being, Mark Fitzpatrick. Uh, 
Certainly wish him all the best going forward. We've got a lot more to get to here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll talk about the prospect situation and why I'm a little bit worried about this team going forward. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Folks, if you're like me, you've tried protein bars before, but they don't taste great most of the time and the texture just isn't right. Well, you don't have to worry about that with Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They now have 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, apple almond crisp, banana bread, salted caramel, toffee almond, and peanut butter brownie. Can't go wrong with those. All of them are soft and easy to chew, and they are all covered in 100% chocolate. They have nuts and nut-free flavors, so you're covered there. And all Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-fiber, high-protein, and they're great for the keto diet. Let's talk about the Cherry Barcia flavor. 17 grams of protein in each bar, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So, I'm looking over the Islanders roster, and here's something that does concern me. You know, the Islanders have one of the older rosters in the league. And look, Anders Lee, Josh Bailey, Jordan Eberle, all going to turn 30 this year. Derek Broussard, if he comes back, 32. Leo Komarov, 33. Johnny Boychuk, 36. Matt Martin, 31. Cal Clutterbuck, 32 years old. Andrew Ladd, if he has any role on this team, will be 34. Andy Green, if he comes back, will be 37. Simeon Varlamov, 32, if he returns. And then you look over the prospect list, and you know, there aren't a lot of guys on the prospect list who would be regarded as top-level prospects in this league. Yeah, Kiefer Bellows has some potential. He's only going to be 22. Uh, you certainly have Oliver Wallstrom. He's only going to be 20. Ido Koivala, 22. But how ready are these guys? You got Simon Holmstrom. I don't know when he's going to be ready. And the problem that a lot of observers have is that the Islanders have traded away a lot of draft picks. Obviously, this year they did not have any picks in the first two rounds. Now, they recouped a couple of twos in the Devon Taves trade. I know that trade did not make a lot of people happy. But look, you got Noah Dobson, who's 20, who will be a big part of this team most likely next season. And then let's say Wallstrom and Bellows, one of them will probably make the team this year. Maybe Koivala would be uh, a possibility as well. But you look down at Bridgeport, and I can't say there's a lot of high-level prospects in the system that Islander fans, you know, have hockey scouts drooling about, wow, this team is stocked. And the concern that I have is, yeah, these guys up front can come back and contribute, and they're good for another year, two, maybe three, but they need to get some younger prospect-type players 
to fill in. Look, the whole third line right now, a uh, whole fourth line rather, Casey Sezikis will be 29 this year. We mentioned the ages of Martin and Clutterbuck, both on the other side of 30. Jean-Gabriel Pajot is in his prime right now. He'll be 27 this year, but you got to add some youth. And, you know, you got to balance. There's always sort of that balance philosophically that you need as a sports team and as a hockey team. The Islanders were in the conference finals. They were a final four team this past season. And yet, as they're presently constituted, I don't know if they can go too much further without adding that extra goal scorer. But would you trade a first-round pick for a goal scorer, especially knowing you didn't have one last year? Uh, It's a tough call. And the Islanders need to move salary, but they probably have to sweeten the pot, whether it's with a prospect or with a draft pick or two. and. You know, I think that's one of the reasons that Lou Lamorello ended up, you know, getting those two second round picks. Yes, you want to replenish the prospect list. You want to get younger. You want to bring in some players who in two or three years could be contributors to this team because they're going to need that, especially up front in the forward lines. But, uh, you know... What are your odds? How good is this team, Islander fans, in in your own mind? Are they close enough that adding a Patrick Lanay or, or, uh, you know, adding one more 30 to 35 goal scorer, let's say, would be enough to get them to that next level where they're playing for a Stanley Cup? And how much do you sacrifice in order to try to take that last step. It's a tough call. It's a tough situation. The Islanders have some difficult decisions to make. I would like to hold on to that first round pick just because, again, we didn't have one this year and the team needs replenishing. And with the cap being as difficult as it is, uh, and, and again, you had last year, no fans in the stands, For the playoffs, season ending after 68 games. This year, we're going to see almost certainly reduced capacity, if any fans, in the stands. And if there are fans in the stands, doubtful they'll be at home games, at least initially. So where do you go? How do you play this one out? Having prospects, players under entry-level contracts that you can pay less money benefits your team, not just because it keeps the team young and provides guys who could stay there for two, three, five, ten years if you get it right, but also because you need to stay under that cap and the cap is going to stay flat at least for another year or two because of all the revenue reduction caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. So I personally favor holding on to that number one pick unless you got a deal that is just too good to be true where you're bringing in a star player like uh, a Patrick Lanay uh, who is just going to put you over the top and take this team from being you know good to very good into we're an elite contender for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And the reason I think that the Islanders might just fit that bill 
it with the right trade is because you have a, a coach who plays a system that is conducive to playoff style hockey defense first. So, you know, I'm torn to be honest with you, but I really prefer to, to keep that first round pick if possible. And let's start finding ways to replenish the prospect system because the Islanders definitely do need to do that going forward. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back Monday with uh, more Locked On Islanders. We're on our off-season schedule right now, so new shows will drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning just after midnight, about 12.25 a.m. And if you subscribe to the show, you will get them in your inbox in your podcatcher of choice uh, so you can listen to it whenever you are ready. Uh, if you're looking for a more national perspective on the NHL, check out Locked On NHL. They will give you all the latest news from around the league, and that is a great show. Always good to check that out. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders. <laughs>